Everybody speaks about a Gemara and Shabbos, the Sugi of Hanukkah. In the middle of the Sugi of Hanukkah, it speaks about a drasha about Yosef HaTzadik. It says that Yosef HaTzadik was thrown into a bar. The bar was reik ain by mayim. And famously, the Gemara Darshans, there was no mayim but there were nechashim akrabim. There were many snakes and scorpions in the bar that Yosef HaTzadik was thrown into. And everybody wants to know, why is this Gemara embedded in the sugya of Hanukkah? What is the takeaway for us from this Gemara about Yosef smack dab in the middle of the sugya of Hanukkah? During the times of the Ivanim, Klal Yisrael, many Yidin were very enamored by the Chachma, by the brilliance of Yavan, the beauty of Yavan. Yavan symbolized everything that was alluring about this world. If you liked music, Yavan had music. If you liked art, Yavan had art. If you liked poetry, if you liked athletics, if you liked the human body, if you liked taiva, anything and everything that's related to the guf was found in Yavan. Yavan excelled at everything geschmack in this world, in Eilam Haza. And it's not surprising, therefore, that Klal Yisrael were very attracted to this, just like we are today. Things that are alluring, things that are beautiful. We might be very good people, we might be holy people, but we all have somewhat of, a, of an attraction for Yavan. And many people were misyavnim. Many people actually were Hellenized they bought in and they were very happy to, uh, to acculturate into the Greek culture and adopt all of the many chachmas and the culture and the sports and the stadiums and the poetry and the chemistry and the science, all the things that Yavan was great at, the language, the beautiful Greek language, Yaftalikim Liefes, And then one day, after we were all in to this culture, all of a sudden the Ivanim said, enough. If the Jews want to if the Jews want to enjoy our culture, we're going to insist now that they break away from their Tyra. They can't, they can't learn Tyra. We want to make them forget the Tyra, the Kedushas HaTyra. We want to enforce that there's no more Shabbos, there's no more Rishchaydesh, there's no more Mila. And suddenly, Klai Yisrael realized that in fr- instead of these Greeks 
being their friends, being their being their boys, being you know, we're one with them. Suddenly, Klal Yisrael realized that we're very alone. Suddenly, we realized that we're quite alone because they realized that instead of loving us, they really didn't love us. They really wanted us to change to them or else. And this has been the, the running theme throughout Gullus. Yidin become very attracted to the environment that they live in, to the culture, the entertainment, the music. And we think that we're part of the culture. We think that we're loved. And then it always happens time after time, and the Meshachachma speaks about this, but there comes a day that the Gayim say, Chalas, it's enough, we're not going to do this anymore, we don't want these Jews. And suddenly we realize that we're very alone. And we're seeing this today. This is all obviously ripped from the headlines. You look at the glorious college campuses around this country, around the world, that we thought we were so part of. We thought that they loved us. If you, you know, most of the, in many of these colleges, the, the Rav Minyan and Binyan of the professors and the, and the students and the, and the board, they're all Jews. And so we're part of it. We are Harvard. We are MIT. We are U, U of Penn. And all of a sudden, HaKadosh Baruch Hu opens up our eyes and says to us, you're not. You're not them. They're not you. They don't want you. And at that moment, Yaakov already has an epiphany and says, Taka, I'm not them. I'm not them. And it's so important for us to understand that these moments in history when we see so clearly the handwriting on the wall, we see where this is going. We've been here before. And this is Mamish, we're living in times of Yavan, and now there's a Gzera Shmad against us. And we realize that we're alone. But you know something? Being alone is sometimes the greatest bracha. We know in, in, in Sifrei Musar, there's something called hispaididus. Chasidim are very into being mispaided. They walk out, they go into a forest, or you don't have to go into a forest. The Litvaks, they have a base on Musar. They, you can go into a little cubicle. You can do this in your bed. You just are alone, and you could think. Rav Aaron Shechter, Zechitzadik Levracha, Merosh Hashiv, used to tell me that Hispaidus does not really mean you're alone. That's a misnomer. It doesn't mean you're alone. You're with the Abishta, you're with the Rabbi Shalom. When you're mispaided, when you go out into a forest or you spend time on your own, you're never alone. You're communicating with the Bayrayalam. And when you're able to shut out the world, whether it's individually or nationally, and you're able to like be alone, you're able to discover so much about yourself.
so much about the nation that we're a part of, that we're zeicher to be a part of, that we weren't able to really focus on because we were so into everything else. Our eyes were always diverted to this culture and this religion and this, and this movie star and this rock band and this. And so we were always like wondering, like, I don't even know if I want to be a Yid. I'm like, why, why would I want to be a Yid? It's so geschmack out there. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu shows us, he shines a bright light on what really is going on out there. And those people that we thought were our friends, those people that we thought were our heroes, those people that were the celebrities that we were all of a sudden we realize that they hate us. And so it gives us a chance to regroup and to rethink what we are and who we are. And that's what happened on Hanukkah. Hanukkah, when these gezeris came down on us so hard, it was such a wake-up call, it was such an epiphany that Klal Yisrael had the ability suddenly to realize we're Klal Yisrael, we're the Amma Nivcha, we don't need that culture, we don't need those, that's for the Um Asylum. That's Yavan. We're Klal Yisrael, we're great. We're the Amma Nivcha, we're the chosen people, and we could say that proudly. And when that happened, we fought back. Rabban Biad Ma'atum was a tremendous mochama. It was not easy to fight back. It's the hardest thing sometimes to fight back against the Umay Salam, the majority that want to do us in. But we did it. And then, of course, we lit the Neiris, the Chatzar's Kachacha. The nearest is the purity that comes out of a Yid when he recognizes that he's alone. There are great people throughout history that did something very seemingly odd. I'm just going to speak about one tonight, but there are many. The Kutzker was one of them, but I'm not going to talk about the Kutzker. I'm going to talk about the Altar for Navardik. The great Altar for Navardik was one of the, th- one of the three Talmidim of, of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. He was one of the Talmidim of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, and he said something amazing. He says, I can't live in this world anymore. He says, I have to go into a private area, and this is not, we can't try this at home, but he went into a cabin for 14 years and he stayed there alone pretty much always. I don't know, you're going to ask me what he did on Shabbos for Minyan, I don't know all the details. But he was basically alone for 14 years. People would bring him supplies, bring him food and he would have svarim and he would spend all these 14 years being misbited, just thinking and working things out inside making sure to try to figure out who he was. And you know what he did? After those 14 years were up, he went, and he, you'd think, you know, if it was me, after 14 years, I'd probably be done. I mean, I, you know, what, how could a person exist 14 years in, in solitude? He went, and he started opening up one yeshiva after another yeshiva. He opened up a network of yeshivas, maybe 70, 80 yeshivas throughout Russia, throughout Eastern Europe. He was the most prolific Rosh Hashiva of his time. But first he had to work out himself, like what, 
Who am I? What is my mission in life? What makes me tick? What makes me special? What are my chisrenes? What are my midas that I have to work on, that I have to iron out? What are the things that I need to change about myself? And he was in this area, this secluded area, alone, by Yivasar Yaakov Levadai. And one night, he was learning, and all of a sudden, his lamp, with the oil in it, or the candle, it burned out. And he was very frustrated, because he wanted to learn throughout the night. And he had no more ability to do it, and he didn't know what to do. He... He was very far away from any yeshuv, and, and he didn't want to go out. And so he went outside, he opened his door, and a person came over to him, he doesn't know who he was, in the middle of some Russian forest, and handed him a new candle, and he lit it, and it burned through the night, and he was able to learn. And he held on to that candle for many, many years, as a sign of how powerful it is to have bitachin in the Rabbi Nishalim. One day the candle went missing, and he was upset at first, but then he was happy because he realized that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling him that he doesn't need any more to, sh- to have this proof of bitachin. He remembers it, it's in him. The stipler was a Talmud of the Alta Tanavardik, and he wrote a beautiful poem about this incident, and I want to read it to you. I translated it in rhyme from Hebrew, from Lashnakaydish to English. Let me just read you a few of the stanzas. In a forest vast and high, nestled among trees of sycamore, stands a small, simple hut built many years before. A holy and awesome man with God communes inside, with eminence and purity, in the divine Torah he's occupied. He works on perfecting his character, his flawed traits does he excise, acquiring all things precious, genuine and wise. His faith in his creator, so remarkable, so strong, on this goal he has set his heart and eyes for so very, very long. In the midst of the darkness of night, when all beings are fast asleep, the righteous soul is fortified in the works of Musser so sweet. On one of these nights, well into the late hours, this holy man studies with passion as his very soul he scours. Hour after hour, pass completed as the lamp quietly burns until the oil is depleted. The tzaddik, his trust resolute, faith in his maker he instills. That light will still shine in his home. Can God not do whatever he wills? As the flame flickers out, a man enters clandestinely, discreetly leaving a new lamp, then then vanishes suddenly. And I think this is a metaphor for what Klai Yisrael goes through in Gaulus. And this is what happened on Hanukkah. We were in solitude. We recognized once and for all that Klai Yisrael was separate from the Umay Sa'ilam. And we were rewarded with a, with, a, with a light, with a candle, with a lamp 
That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives a Baal Bitochen. Once you're able to look within and to be able to understand your inner greatness, your inner strength, and how lucky we are to be Yidden, how lucky we are to be Klal Yisrael, at that point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu rewards us with a light, the light of Bitochen, the light of faith, the light of hope, the, re- the light of, a, of an Archada Shalzi entire, a new light. In the Soviet gulags, there was Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky who was sent on some trumped-up charges. Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky was the Gain Hadar. He wrote many, many svarim in the Taisefta, Chazayn Yecheskel. And he was sent to the Soviet gulag. He didn't have any svarim with him. He had no Yiddishkeit. I don't know if he had his talisman's filling. I don't know what he had, but for a very long time... He was in the Siberian tundra, in the, in the freezing cold, and he was depressed. Imagine if you were sent out from a beautiful world of Tyra, of Ruchnius, of Yeshivas, and you were sent somewhere, Rechman to a place that's freezing cold, there's no heat, and you're just suffering day and night, they're making you work. And in the morning, he would wake up, and it was freezing in his house, in his little hut, and he would say, and he would stop himself. And he says, what do I have to be grateful to? I'm grateful to the Rabbani Shalom for sending me here to Siberia to be in the frigid cold, to not have Svarim, to not have Taira, to not have my parents, my family, my Talmidim, my Chavrusas. What is so great about being here? How could I say, Maidani? And then he says, but I completed the Maidani. You return to me, my soul. means that if there's one thing that I do have, I might not have Tyra. I might not have all of the things, the, the trappings that I'm so used to and that I miss and that I love, but I, want, I have one thing and that's my Amuna. That's the light of Amuna. And the light of Amuna shines the brightest when a person is able to have the suspedidus, to be able to be alone, to be able to figure things out, to realize in that moment of clarity when I'm alone how much there is for me in my world. I'm with the Rabbanisha, I'm, I'm the Amanivchar, I have Taira, I have Kedusha, I don't need the world outside. Hanukkah is like a reminder to us every year around this time that it's cold outside in that world, but it's warm here. Is there a more beautiful place in the world than right here, right now, with our friends, with our our Yedidim, our Yeshiva, with Taira, with food, with singing, with beautiful music? Is there a more beautiful Avira that we could ask for than right here? We don't need the cold world out there. We don't need it. 
Hanukkah reminds us of that, and that's the light. The light of Hanukkah is light of Kedusha that tells us year after year, you are holy, you, are, you have the candle, the light of Bitachen, and cherish it, and don't take it for granted. And here we are in 2023, and suddenly the world is spinning out of control. The world went from being a warm place, or so we thought, to being a frigid tundra once again. And we come back inside and we regroup and we're saying to ourselves, this is what I want. This feeling of Kedusha, this Hanukkah. You, Rabbi Nisham, with your Rachamim, you made Nisim for us. You always perform Nisim. And the greatest of all the Nisim, the greatest of all the Nisim is the recognition that we are his people. We are the Amanivchar, as Rabbi Yaakov um, Rabbi Yaakov Emden writes in the Akdama to his sitter that the greatest miracle of all miracles is the fact that Kla Yisrael is able to survive in this Gullus. How do we survive? We only survive by recognizing that we're alone and we have to, we have to fight. Every single day we have to fight for our Kedusha. We have to fight to maintain the status of Amanivchar. Our grandparents did it. Our great-grandparents did it. This is nothing new. But now we have to do this. There's a war going on in Eretz Yisrael. But there's also a war going on in America. And that's a war of being able to be leichem against all of the attractions that we are always so, so in love with. We love this and we love that and we're addicted to this, we're addicted to that and now we wake up and we say, no, I don't want that anymore. I want to push back. I want to be a yid again. I want to feel Kedusha. I want that light. I don't want to live in the darkness anymore. I don't want to live in the cold. Yosef HaTzadik Yosef HaTzadik became great. When did his greatness begin? His greatness began the moment that he was thrown into that bar. You know, there's a Rabbi Yaina in Shari Tshuva in Shar Bey's Ice Hay. Rabbi Yaina writes something astounding. He says that when a person is able, when a person finds himself in a terribly distressful situation, how many times do we feel that way? We feel like the whole world is, is falling. We go through something and it's like overwhelming us and we can't live. And we don't know why HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts us in that matzav. What did we do wrong? How could we be in this matzav? Rabbi Yaina writes that at that moment you should know that the Yeshua is going to come from that moment. I'll read you the Lashon of Inayana. It says that when you find yourself in that place, he says, V'yeshala b'teach b'shem l'hoichel b'mo'ov tzukasei one who trusts Hashem should hold on during the vision of his distress. For the darkness will be the cause of the light. 
And then he brings a pasuk in Micha, Al tismechi ayvasili, ki nafalti kamti, ki eshe b'cheshech Hashem arli. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. Since I have fallen, I rise again. Since I sit in darkness, Hashem is my light. And Chazal, Chazal Darshan, il mole nafalti, like kamti. Had I not fallen, I would never have been able to get up. Had I sat in darkness, had I not sat in that darkness, I wouldn't have had the light. I wouldn't have appreciated the light had I not experienced the darkness. When a yid is, is in saras, when a yid has so many issues, and you feel like there's no way out, at that very moment, says Rabbi Yaina, that's where you're going to see the Yeshua. Rav Hudner used to say on this Rabbi Yaina that a lot of times people think that bitachin is, listen, I'm going through a very hard time and hopefully it'll pass. Gamze Yavar, it's going to pass, it's going to, things go, it'll, you know, I'll get, tomorrow will be a better day. That's my, that's the extent of my bitachin. Says Rav Hutner, Rabbi Yaina is saying that's not bitachin. That's not the fullest degree of bitachin. The fullest degree of bitachin is when you're sitting in this matzav, when you're in the darkness, when you're falling on the ground and you can't get up. At that point, you have to recognize that this is the beginning of my Yeshua. My Yeshua is going to start from this moment. Hakadosh Baruch Hu put me here. El male kamti, el male nafalti le kamti. If I had not fallen, I would never be able to get up. If I, I didn't have that darkness, I wouldn't be able to have the light. The light is going to come out of the darkness. The very thing that we think is the worst thing in the world for us is ultimately going to be the best thing for us. I once had a Talmud years ago and he was a uh, he, he came over to me once and he said, I, want, I don't know, you don't know too much about me, but let me tell you something. He says, and he looked like a very normal, fine, he was athletic. He says, the worst day of my life was the best day of my life. I said, what do you mean? He says, when I was in high school, I was a superstar athlete. I had an arm that could throw a ball across a football field. And I could hit a three-pointer from, uh, you know, from any place on the court. And then I wasn't feeling well. I went to the doctor and they diagnosed me that I had a, I had a tumor in my, in my right arm. And the doctors examined it and they said, we, we have no choice, we're going to have to amputate your arm. And it's, it's always horrible, obviously, such a thing. Can't even fathom it. But he says, for me especially, because I was so athletic and I, that was my whole thing, my whole life was my, was my sports, so for me especially, it was very, very, the diagnosis was, was Ayam Anyway, but there was, they gave me a day that I was supposed to come back to the hospital for the surgery. And before they did the surgery on that day, they took, a, um, they took an x-ray, they took a CAT scan, and they realized that it wouldn't even matter if they did surgery because the cancer had spread throughout my whole, half my body. So it's like it wasn't, it didn't pay, so they didn't. They so instead they gave me intensive chemotherapy. He says, and the chemo worked, and it was terribly painful. I lost my hair, and I was a, I was very shvach, and it was terrible. Yisurim, but 
half a year later, a year later, I got out of it, and he says, and I have my arm. I'm able to play. I'm able to do everything that I was able to. I'm in remission now for a few years, and Baruch Hashem. He says, the worst day of my life became the best day of my life. That's Mamash Rabbi Yaina is saying, that's, that's his Chazal. yashavti arli. If I didn't sit in that darkness, I wouldn't have had the light. The light of my life, the hope, the bitachin that HaKadosh Baruch Hu invests in us comes from the darkness. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's hard to imagine when we're in such low matzavim that there could be any Yeshua from this terrible thing, but it happens. It happens time after time after time. If you look back, sometimes the worst times of your life really are, end up being the best times of your life. Rav Huttner says that where do we see this? Where do we see this Rabbeinu Yaina? Yosef at Tzadik. Yosef was thrown by his brothers into a bar. And the bar was, had Nechashim and Akrabim in it. Mayim Eimbay, Nechashim and Akrabim Yeshbay. And it was the worst time. Imagine being Yosef at Yosef, he was beloved by his fathers, the Ben Zakunim of Yaakov Avinu. He learned all his Torah of Shem Be'ever, and he had the glory years together with his father. And now he went to visit his brothers out of the goodness of his heart, being Mekayim Kibbet Aveim. His brothers take him, strip him of his Ksenis Pasim, throw him into a bar. How do you feel if you're Yosef at this point? Terrible. This is it. I'm, I'm in Gehenim right now. I can't get out of this bar. There's snakes and scorpions all around me. Does it get worse? Is there any worse matzah that a person can find himself in? I guess sort of like the hostages, Rechman and Litzlan are living through that today as we speak. Being in a bar, mamish with Nechashim and Akrabim, mamish, two-leg in Nechashim and Akrabim, without any hope of getting out. Yosef HaTzadik could have given up. Yosef HaTzadik could have said, I have nothing. But it turns out that from that lowest point, Yosef HaTzadik became Yosef HaTzadik. They pulled him out. He was sold down to Mitzrayim. Paitifar, Paitifar uh, threw him again into a bar. And then he had the Maishodesh's Paitifar. And then he went and he became the, the Viceroy of Mitzrayim. He saved the whole world. He, he saved Klal Yisrael. He made a muckim for Klai Yisrael and Mitzrayim so that were able to, to live in Gaishan for all those years in the Sheba Mitzrayim. From the very point, the lowest point in Yosef HaTzadik's life, the Yeshua came from that point. That's Mamash Rabbeinu Yaina. It's Mamash Rabbeinu Yaina. If you look in, in, in the Balaturim at the end of Sefer Bereshis, well, like the last page of the Balaturim in Sefer Bereshis, he says that when Yosef, after his father died, and there was a whole entourage coming back from Eretz Yisrael, back to Mitzrayim, it says that he stopped at the, 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 the Balaturim says that on the way back, he stopped by the bar that he was thrown into, and he made a bracha. Baruch she'asa li neis, 
beautiful Balaturim. I don't know where he gets it from, but this is the Balaturim. What's the Pshat? What's the Pshat? The Pshat is that Yosef HaTzadik understood that the greatest nace that he could have ever had was being thrown into that part, into the bar. It wasn't so much that he was pulled out of the bar. It was the fact that he was in the bar. When he was in the bar, when you're alone, you recognize who your friends are, who you are. And he was able to internally understand his mission in life. That was the greatest nace. And he was taken out from the bar and he spread light into the entire world. He was the mashbir. And I think this is why this sugya of Yosef HaTzadik is found in the Gemara and Shabbos about Hanukkah. Because we are living in the bar right now. We're in the bar of Yosef. And there's Nechashim and Akrabim. You look at the videos of the protests. Somebody sent me a video last night of uh, uh, some Jewish boys in NYU lighting a menorah while you see uh, Palestinian protesters look up and want to kill them. And you mamish think it's like Nazi Germany circa, you know, 1938. But we're living in the bar. And we have a choice to make now that we're in the bar. We could either say, this is terrible. There's Nechashim, Akrabim, life is really horrible. And maybe it is. But it's an opportunity of a lifetime to be able to be mispaided, to be able to say, if I'm in a bar, let me learn a little bit about myself. Let me be able to revisit the I'm a nivchar that I'm a part of. If everybody's screaming that I'm a Jew, maybe I should learn a little bit about being a Jew. Maybe I should feel more Jewish. Maybe I should act like a Jew. Maybe I should push away all the foreign influences that are trying to acculturate us thinking that we are a part of that society and now recognizing and realizing very loud and clear that we're really not loved so much in the world, quite the opposite. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants it that way. There's a Beis HaLevi that says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts a sinner sometimes in, in the Gayim. Most of the time, you know, in America we've had it very good and the Gaim had seemed to love us, but sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu injects sinna into the hearts of the Gaim to make us realize that we're different. Ramesh Mardachai Epstein, the great Slabatka Rosh Yeshiva, once visited in America, and when he came back to, uh, to Slabatka Yeshiva, where he was Rosh Yeshiva, they asked him, tell us what the Yidden in America are all about. So he said, the Yidden in America are very good they're very good people. They give a lot of tzedakah. And they're, they're involved in chesed. This is going back, you know, I don't know, maybe a uh, hundred years ago. It says, they're very good at kiddush, but they're not so good at havdalah. They're good at sanctifying things. They're good at, 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 at davening, at, at learning, but they're not good at havdalah. They don't know how to be mavdal themselves from gayim. And sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes it easy for us to mabla ourselves in Gaim because it takes two to tango. They don't want to tango with us anymore. And that's a bracha because it makes us realize that we're Klal Yisrael. We don't need them. We want to be in our bar and we have to learn now in our bar what we're doing. And now in the bar we're going to be able to come out so much stronger 
And the nace of Hanukkah is the nace that we are going through right now, the ability to say Baruch Sha'asalin Nase Bamakim Hazah right here and right now is when we are able to feel how miraculous it is to be a Yid. How good it is to be a Yid. it is to be a Yid. And whatever we were going to think was our ambitions in life to be like this person, to be like that person, suddenly we realize that I just want to be a Yid. I just want to spend time with my Chavim, with my Rabbeim, with my Tyre, with my Gemara. I don't want the things from outside. I just want to be alone. With the Rabbi Nishlam, with my friends, with my family. And as soon as we're able to recognize the Chayshech of Yavan, then we're able to light the candle. We're able to have that lamp of Bitachin, which will guide us in Mitzvah Hashem to the B'Yaskayot Tzadik Mehir B'Yameinu. Amen.